you know, when I first started my blog, I was writing about the dogs that I had. And a few years in, I started writing about raw feeding when no one was writing about raw feeding. So I got the benefit of being a big fish in a small pond for several years and got tons of traffic. In fact, the first year that I started writing about raw feeding, my traffic went up by over 500%. You're listening to the Unstoppable Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lee. So today we have joined with us is Kimberly Gautier. She's the founder of Keep the Tail Wagging. And Keep the Tail Wagging is a blog about raw feeding, pet wellness, and life as a crazy dog mom. She has also published two books on the topic of raw feeding. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So at the beginning of your journey, right, where would you say everything started? Oh, gosh. Well, I started blogging in 2009 as a hobby. And um, probably a year later, we got our puppies. And I just, you know, I didn't really think much of it. I just did it for fun. And then I got the great idea to have a blog about my puppies. Um, They were dogs by then. And I thought that I was being unique because I would see like the quote unquote mommy bloggers Um, and I was like, oh, I'll be a dog mommy blogger. And I don't know why I thought I was the first one to come up with that idea, but I did. Um, I found out a few months Mm -hmm. later that there were thousands and thousands of pet bloggers out there. And, but, you know, I continued, you know, on just various platforms trying to figure out how to, um, build this blog. And one day a friend of mine was hosting a course, like a 30 day course on, building a blog and getting it monetized. So I decided to start from scratch with her. And that's how I came up with Keep the Tail Wagging. And I went through the course. And by the time it was over, I think I had made like 30 cents or something like that. So I was like, yes, it worked. And I kept going and, you know, plugging away, not knowing what I was doing for years until, um, I don't know how it happened to be perfectly honest, but my blog just started growing. And I think the reason why initially was because I was answering questions, not really questions that people were sending me, but questions that I had. And I would write a blog post about the answer. And I started gaining more and more traffic and it grew from there. Mm, Okay, gotcha. That's pretty awesome. So um, can you take us back to when you started those uh, 30 days, when you started to keep the tail wagging? How did that look like? Um, It was, it's it's so funny because it was so long ago, but I had a, a ton of paperwork and I had the brilliant idea to print it all out and it filled a four inch binder. It was so much work. Wow. And And it was just, you know, things like SEO and monetization, just anything that you can think of about blogging, about back then all the different websites that you would sign up for to join, you know, tribes to have people, you know, sharing your content, you share their content. There were just, because all of this was pre-Instagram. Twitter was around and Facebook was around, of course, but, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of people weren't doing big things on YouTube. It was just very, very basic. 
And what's, I don't, I think I came across the binder a few years ago when I was cleaning out my office and all of it was completely outdated. Most of the sites that you would go to to use aren't around anymore because Google, you know, shut them down because a lot of the practices that were perfectly fine back then became black hat over time because it was kind of cheating the system. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's funny because it's like a really big lesson in you always have to be prepared to adapt and roll with the changes because um, you can't just be stuck in an, you know, a rut of doing things the same way over and over again because eventually um, all of it will just leave you behind. Mm, I see. Okay. So the, the strategies were a little bit different back then, right? Yeah. A, a lot different. I mean, it's like today, you know, when it comes to SEO, it's I, it's funny because I, I will speak to people about, um, I have a monthly group where we talk about blogging and, and things. And it's, and it's interesting when I talk to people who have been doing this for, you know, 15, 20 years, and we talk about how much things have changed over the years. And, you know, today, you know, when, you know, I promote things on Tailwind and I promote things on YouTube and I promote things on Facebook. And it used to be that what you did is you basically just shared the same thing over and over and over again in all these different places. But today you treat all of these platforms as a completely unique audience. And although some people will cross over to different platforms, my YouTube audience is completely different than my Facebook audience and my Instagram audience. And I don't use Twitter anymore. It just, I don't, I like Twitter. I like to scroll through Twitter, but I don't use it to promote my blog because that's just not where my audience is. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, that was unheard of. I mean, you had to use, I guess, I don't know if it was 10 years ago, but, you know, seven, eight years ago, Twitter was, you know, king and you had to use Twitter if you wanted to get anywhere. And, and, and it's hilarious because I haven't even been on Twitter. I think I've been on it once this year so far. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, Kimberly, how do you feel about the niche? Because you've been in this niche for a long time. Um, has your passion sort of stayed throughout the years? It it has, but it's been challenging because there, you know, there's ebbs and flows to it. You kind of get bored. And, you know, when I first started my blog, I was writing about the dogs that I had. And a few years in, I started writing about raw feeding when no one was writing about raw feeding. So I got the benefit of being a big fish in a small pond for several years and got tons of traffic. In fact, the first year that I started writing about raw feeding, my traffic went up by over 500%. And, um, but today um, I'm just the fish in a pond with tons of other fish. So I'm constantly having to keep an eye out on what people are doing and how the um, niches so that I can adjust and move forward because, and then on top of that, be aware of what Google is doing. So um, my plan initially was to quit my job last year and I had to date everything, but Google did two updates. They did the, um, you know, your money, your life update and the um, EAT update. And that cut my traffic by about 51, 52%. So all my, you know, half my revenue was gone. And so I couldn't quit my job. And I'm so grateful that it happened because it would have sucked if I would have quit my job and then that happened. But, um, but it was one of those things where I had to take a second look at not only 
what was I doing on my blog that made it so that I fell into the bucket with everyone else and make changes there, but also look at the niche as a whole, because it's like, if I'm not able to build and continue growing, then this blog is eventually going to fail. And so I had to, you know, I had to make a change because I look at what other people are doing in the niche. And one thing that I saw is a lot of people are offering consultations and coaching and meal formulation services and, and all of those things. And so I decided to do the exact opposite of all of that, where it's like, <clears throat> I'm not offering any of this because I'm not a veterinarian and I'm not a nutritionist. I'm only going to write about my dogs. And um, and it worked. People, my traffic started increasing and improving. And now I'm starting to recover a lot of the um, revenue that I lost last year. Mm, that's great. Yeah. Um, Kimberly, it seems like you really have an expertise in blogging, like you have a lot of experience in this field. Um, what do you think is the biggest challenge that you had to face in your entire journey blogging? I think the biggest challenge is just understanding everything that's going on. I mean, I, I, it's to me, I love the blogging part of it even more than I like, you know, the dog part of it. Like I adore my dogs, of course, but, um, it, I, it wouldn't matter to me what niche I was writing in. I just love blogging and I like the, and it's probably because, you know, in my day job, I'm an accountant. So it's probably that analytical side where I like digging into the why this is happening. Why is my traffic going up? Why is my traffic going down? Why are people going to these five posts? You know, I have the same top five posts for years. Why are those so popular? And then why, what can I do about those posts to make them, um, generate more income and all of that part is so much fun and i think the biggest challenge is keeping up to date with everything that's going on because it can feel so overwhelming and when i speak to people who are brand new to blogging and i start talking to them about you know seo and and monetization and i can see their eyes just go dead because <laughs> there is not <laughs> something that's very interesting to them mm -hmm. but and or they feel like i there's no way i can figure that type of stuff out and when i first started i didn't think i could but you know it's just one of those where we're so lucky to live in a time where all the information is out there you just have to find it and a lot of it is free you just have to be patient and find find the places that you're going to, you know, the people you're going to follow. I mean, I, I have channels on YouTube where when I'm driving to work, I just throw on their channel and watch, you know, or listen to video after video. And that's where I get a lot of my information and, you know, learning how, because I have two blogs now. And by the end of this year, I want to have five because I'm trying to build up more passive income and learning things like, well, how can I make this easier? Maybe I can turn this blog into a template and download it and upload it into other blogs, just change the design a little bit, and boom, that saves a ton of time with design and I don't have to worry about it. And instead of you know writing all of my initial posts, I found a freelancer and I just give her titles, keywords, and number of words, and she will write the first 10 posts of all my new blogs. And then I go through and rewrite them with my voice and little things like that that save me a lot of time, but also will keep me um, where I need to be as far as SEO and getting on track to monetize because I plan to monetize each blog once it hits 10,000 page views a month. 
Oh, that's that's really amazing. And I mean, you telling us that uh, your day job is an accountant, you know, that's a pretty intense job. So um, with your blog, like how much time would you say you spend on it working per week? Um, probably on the low end, about 25 hours a week. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's just and it's one of those where people are like, where do you find the time? And it's like, if you think about it, you're constantly working on your blog. Cause if I get, um, you know, a message from someone or an email from someone, you know, cause a lot of times, in fact, right before I got on with you, I got an email from a new reader who had a question about raw feeding. I answered her question. She sent me a picture of her dog. I downloaded the picture. I shared the picture of her dog to Instagram and to Facebook to talk about how cute it was. And, and it's just like all of those things. And all of that took maybe 10 minutes and it's just, we're, constantly working on it we're constantly um being engaging and sharing things my biggest time is on the weekend so i'll spend sunday probably about five or six hours um writing and scheduling things out because um most of it is very much automated which is i'm so grateful for because when i first started we didn't have all of the automation that we have today and so it really literally i would work until probably midnight most nights of the week trying to get everything up because back then I used to publish six to seven days a week where now I publish twice a week because I now have a YouTube and I now have a second blog. So I'm trying to balance all my time across everything that I'm doing. Mm, well, it seems like the way you do things are just a lot more smarter nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. just like, it's having a calendar. I, I keep a um, paper calendar and writing everything down and making sure that, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like for instance, February was um, national dental health, pet health awareness or something like that. I can't remember the words, but basically keeping your dog's teeth clean. And so I reach out to a couple of brands that I know that create products and say, Hey, you guys want to collaborate on something and let's do something together. And it's super easy to do. And a lot of times what I'll do is if I don't really have a whole lot of time to put into a new post, I'll go find a post that's like five, six years old and just rewrite it, change the links to it, um, update it, put new images in it, and then republish it. And it's super easy to do. Since I've been doing this for so long, I have tons of content that can stand to have a reboot. And it's good for SEO and Google likes it too. Uh, that's really great. So Kimberly, you s mentioned that you have like a blogger group that you stay in touch with. Was there other like mentors that you had or masterminds programs that uh, you had that really helped you along the way? Yes. Um, well, mm -hmm. my, I'm very much active in the WordPress community here locally in um, Seattle, Washington. And then there's WordCamp that's all across the country and internationally. So I attend the, our annual WordCamp here in Seattle. I've attended the one down in Portland, which is the state south of us in Oregon. And that community is absolutely tremendous because you're dealing, you're working alongside of designers, developers, and then other users. So whenever I go to WordCamp or whenever I go to a meetup, um, I can sit down with someone and get answers to questions that I have, and it's all free. And it's a, t a time to just sit with people who get what you're talking about. I mean, my boyfriend is so cool, and he will listen to me complain about something or, or anything, but he knows nothing about 
you know, my website and what I'm doing, just like he is very much into farm equipment and stuff. And I have known nothing when he starts talking to me about tractors and stuff. I want to um, just scream because it's like, this is, I don't want to have this conversation with you. And so and I imagine that he feels the same, but you know, we're in a relationship. So we politely listen, but going to an event where other people, it's like, you know, you're with, in a room with literally, you know, hundreds of people who all know the same thing thing and it's hilarious because you would think that we were talking about politics not that we're fighting but we're getting these passionate conversations about how to best market a business and I mean like we had this conversation at our work last work camp a woman had a fitness center and she's trying to figure out how to best market her fitness center on social media and what to do with their website do they need a blog and how to change their website and it was five of us just going off with ideas and and i'm pretty sure we completely overwhelmed her but we were like having so much fun brainstorming what can we can do and we were sitting there with me as a user someone there was a developer there was a designer there was a person that was an seo expert and she basically had you know, the audience of people that normally she would be paying thousands of dollars to for this information. And she got it for free. And we were just having fun. And it's just like, that's what um, I'm so grateful because I started with that community years ago. And um, I have spoken at, I don't, I don't even know for how long each WordCamp, I wasn't supposed to speak this last year, but they asked me to speak at the last minute. And, but it's just fun to just come and ours is a two-day event where we just sit and just have, you know, gain information and learn. And that's basically where I gained all my information from, is from the WordCamp community. And then, of course, YouTube. There's so many people on YouTube who have, who they may have courses, but they also share such um, a great amount of free information on their YouTube channel that, for instance, when the new year starts, I just go over to YouTube and put in, SEO 2020 and you'll see who's gotten their posts out and start watching everyone's posts of what they think SEO is going to do in 2020 or if there was a Google update if my traffic shifts and there's a Google update I'll just go in and look for Google updates and someone is going to start talking about the Google update so I can figure out okay what's going on does this apply to me so I mean the information's out there it's just a matter of um, knowing where to go to get it mm, wow yeah that's really cool that you're leveraging these sources. It's also a very smart way to get your information. Mm. So Kimberly, what would you say is the most impactful thing that you can do in 2020 to grow your blog? Good gravy. That's a good question. I think, well, I've been telling people cause I'm trying to encourage people to do to, to, to blog and the biggest thing is just to do it. And I think that a lot of people talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, but they haven't done it yet. And so they have a bunch of ideas, they're writing things down, but they actually haven't done it. And so my thought is that at this point in time, I think that people are allowing the fact that, you know, there are so many blogs out there um, and that there's so many social media platforms. There's so many opinions, like people are saying, oh, blogging is dead. And, and so people are allowing all of that to cloud um, their decisions and they're not moving forward. And it's like, if it's something that you want to do, just do it, figure out, 
um, how you're going to promote it as you go. I mean, if I would have waited until the perfect time to start a blog, I would have never started a blog. It's just do it. And I think that that is the biggest thing because you can learn about, like I can say, oh, make sure you learn about SEO. But what's the point if you don't start blogging? And if you already are blogging, I think the best thing to do is really educate yourself on how to manage your blog. I see so many people who do the front side where they're publishing posts, but they're not taking the time to understand the backside of blogging. And right now my main blog, Keep the Tail Wagging, is now with someone who takes care of the backside for me. But for many years, I did everything myself, and I'm so grateful for that because with every new blog that I bring on, I can manage it 100% until I don't need to anymore, and then I can pass it off. And I think it's so important for people to educate themselves about, you know, for instance, site speed and understanding how to fix site speed and make it better. And understanding, for instance, if they get um, a Google, uh, if there's a Google update and their traffic goes down, understanding how to go into the Google Search Console and understand, you know, what's going on find out if they were a victim of a penalty and how to fix that. And, um, and also just understanding not just how to monetize, but the legalities of monetization and the rules of monetization. Because I think that a lot of people, for instance, will sign up with Amazon because that's the easiest um, affiliate program to sign up for. Everyone mm -hmm. is shopping on Amazon, but Amazon has some very strict rules and if you break their rules, they will kick you out. And, um, and it's one of those things where understanding what that means and how to monetize your blog and how to make sure that you are following the rules, not only with Amazon, but also here in the States, you know, the FTC and understanding what Google wants to see as well. Because I see a lot of people who are brand new to blogging and they're accepting guest posts from strangers, not understanding the fact that, you know, these people are writing the posts, are you actually edited to them? Are you vetting the information that they're sharing with your readers? And are you checking out the links that they're using? And are they good links? Because you can end up with a lot of um, bad links, which um, impact your traffic. So there's one of those things where I think, long story short, get going, get started, and then continue educating yourself. Because when it all comes down to it, if you don't do those two things, you won't have a blog. Mm, 100%. Got it. Kimberly, in the past, so you talked about monetizing. In the past, what have you experimented with for monetizing? Um, well, I've done affiliate monetizing or affiliate marketing, which is super easy to do, and I love it. Um, that's my favorite. Um, I have advertising on one of my blogs right now which is effortless if you have you know high traffic and you're with a good advertising program and then i've done sponsored posts those aren't my favorite because i prefer to have 100 percent control over what i'm doing um so and i don't like it when brands pay me money to write about something and then they want to like for instance um they want to see a preview of the post before it goes live or um, I feel like sometimes if someone pays me for a sponsor post, I don't always feel like I can be as honest as I want to be because I'm now beholden to this brand. So I finally stopped accepting um, sponsor post opportunities. 
Instead, I will do um, freelance writing. And so right now, for instance, if someone wants me to review a product, I'll review a product and they will take care of publishing it. And it's actually a lot more lucrative because um, these are 3000 word articles that are then shared across multiple platforms. And so it's better for me, um, money, money wise, as well as um, exposure wise. And it's actually fun as well. And I also can be honest because it's not the brand that's paying me. It's a third party that's paying me. So I can say anything that I want. And I love that. And they, those opportunities don't come around a lot. So I don't count on those when I'm doing um, work. But um, that's one another thing. I have two books, like you said earlier, um, on Amazon. I'm working on a third. And I'm planning a conference uh, for later this year. And all of the conference won't be super lucrative, especially the first year. It's very big on... Um, solidifying my authority in the field and getting my name out there and my blog's name out there. So that's going to be worth its weight in gold right there. Wow. That's great. Yep. And, uh, I guess, uh, now's a good time to ask what's your vision that you see uh, five to 10 years from now. Oh, good Lord. That's a good one. Well, <laughs> what I'd like to see is, um, I would love to have multiple blogs. I think that, when it comes to blogging, especially if you're blogging to support yourself full time, I personally don't think I can do it off of the back of one blog. I need to have multiple blogs and build that passive income. Some people say, oh, well, blogging is dead. I don't agree. As long as we have an internet and as long as people are Googling things, there is a, a, a place for blogs. It's just a matter of um, creating content that people need. And so, you know, I put a lot of thought into the sites that I'm going to build. And so my second site that I built, which is more of a fun site um, to just give myself some place to to actually have fun with blogging again, because it can get a bit dry. But after this one, I, I spend time doing keyword research and seeing what people are looking for, what people are asking about and combining that with what my knowledge base is because I still want to be hands-on with my blog. So I'm not going to all of a sudden start writing a blog, you know, about great white sharks because I don't know anything about great white sharks. I don't have a passion there. Right. So I want to try mm -hmm. and stick with what I know and what I have a passion with. But, you know, over the next five to 10 years, I hope to have at least 10, um, if not more, um, blogs that are building a passive income, you know, as well as several books, um, I like to self-publish on Amazon because it's crazy easy to do. Um, and you basically print on demand and people get a hardback book. So I remember when I published my first book, people were like shocked because they were like, oh my God, it's a real book. And it's like, yeah, it's a real yeah. book. <laughs> and, awesome. and, and so, you know, selling those books. And then I would like to see um, the Seattle Natural Pet Expo grow to be an event that has like over a thousand attendees and maybe even um, expand beyond Seattle into other states. Wow, that's great. Really awesome. Kimberly, um, what is one purchase that you've made that's made the biggest impact on your blog? Uh, it's hard to say because I want to say switching over to um, a managed hosting account where really? someone else yeah, someone mm -hmm. else takes care of my hosting and I just don't have to worry about it. 
that was um, an investment because, you know, normal hosting is like, you know, maybe three to five dollars a month, whereas managed hosting is, um, depending upon where you go to, is significant bet, higher investment. But with managed hosting, I don't worry about being hacked. I don't worry about, you know, my site being going down. I don't worry about anything. And it's just like it really the only thing I do is every now and then I send them an email because of some question I have. But for the most part, I have zero worries and it, and it cut my work in half as far as what I was working on. So I think that was a huge investment. Another big investment over the past um, year that was really beneficial was surprisingly Facebook advertising. And although it's funny because I, I see people who take pride in the fact that they don't do um, Facebook advertising. And I think that's great. I, but I did Facebook advertising simply because I was trying to reach an audience beyond my current audience. And one thing I found when I was looking at how I was going to differentiate myself from people who are in the same niche is that I really wanted to focus on reaching people who are brand new to raw feeding and we're quickly becoming overwhelmed. And Facebook advertising helped me do that. And um, so I thought that, you know, I, I invested a lot and it was not only great for my traffic to my blog, but it also helped me build my Facebook follower, followers where I'm getting legit followers and not just random people. And it also helped me sell more books so that now that I'm doing this conference, I have a built-in audience to um, advertise it with. And the reason why I love that, despite the fact that I've been blogging for so long, when I first started with my blog, there at the time, there were a lot of like things where you can um, sign up for a contest and they would promote your Facebook page and you would get all these followers. So there was a period of time where I built my followers. I think my first 5,000 followers on my Facebook page were suspect because I don't know how many of them were legit followers, because so many people would build social media accounts that they call their following account. And they would use those accounts to follow people to enter a contest. So I got a lot mm, of those followers. Yeah. And, and Facebook and Twitter, they purged a lot of those accounts, but I don't know if they got them all. There's also, there was a period of time when I first started blogging where it was a big thing to, um, to follow back. So you would join a, a group um, or a site and everyone would follow each other. But the problem is, is that, yeah, we got each other's likes, but we weren't engaging. So our engagement was very low, which is suspect. And so all of that was kind of ruining it. But when I did Facebook advertising and I was able, I actually worked with a professional who, who went in and he set up all of my ads and I can turn them off and turn them on whenever I want. And I sometimes will call him and just hire him, you know, for like a day to set up. I need ads to do these things. So I'll be doing the same thing probably in May for the conference. And it's just nice to be able to target exactly who you want rather than um, hitting everyone all around the world. There's no point in me promoting a conference in Seattle to someone who lives in Dubai unless they were yeah. actually going to mm -hmm. buy a ticket and fly to Seattle. But mm -hmm. that, that's the type of thing where that was a really huge investment. And although I could have done it myself, I honestly don't believe that I could have done it as well as a professional did it. And um, what would have taken me weeks to figure out 
he already just knew and was able to knock out. And so it's not like I was spending money on hours and hours because he can basically um, spend an hour and he would like, actually he would spend like two to three hours and part of the time it was just testing. And then he would figure out what the big best audiences were. And then he would build my um, ads based on that. And I have them forever. So it's just like, that was a really good investment. Awesome. So Kimberly, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience out there listening? Um, if you are interested in blogging and you think that blogging is, you know, the way you want to try and build um, a solopreneurship, I say do it, go for it, but treat it like a business. Be very serious about it. So I keep the tail wagging is an S corp. I have a CPA. I file taxes. <laughs> you know, I give people W9s. I mean, treat it like a full on business because I feel that the fact that I treat it like a business has been um, what has contributed to its success. Whereas if I were to treat it like a hobby that I picked up and let go here and there, it would still just be a little small blog that, you know, it wouldn't have turned into what it is today. Whereas, although I still do have a full-time job because benefits are expensive in this country, um, um, I know that I have the side income that allows me to take trips, um, allows me to do whatever I want to do to, to put aside money for retirement, you know, all of those type of things. But I think I have all of this only because I treated it like a business. Didn't have time to take notes? Well, get your free cheat sheet for this episode at unstoppablebusiness.com forward slash podcast.